Welcome to episode 45 of the UK Sports Chat podcast. I'm your host, Joe Williams, and in this episode, I speak with Dr. Peter Gorman of Microgate USA and Stuart Gordon from All About Balance in the UK. Dr. Peter Gorman, as I said, is the president of Microgate USA. They work with everyday people, as well as the world's top athletes, team owners, and doctors. Uh, Dr. Gorman has multiple patents for heart rate monitors, including um, with Polar. Stuart is the owner of All About Balance and sports therapist of 30 plus years, as well as the UK distributor of Barefoot Science Insoles. We discuss your gait and the runner's gait cycle, the importance of proprioceptive stimulation, better balance and why you should strive for it, injury risk, midfoot and forefoot running, and how runners attempt to fly. And, and more. There's more in there as well. So for those uh, for those of you attending RunFest Run or the National Running Show South, you'll be able to meet Stuart at those events and watch his talk. So do go and say hello. If you haven't already heard our previous podcast with Stuart and Dr. Susie Cooper, uh, which has a lot of uh, plantar fasciitis tips in, then do please have a listen. That was episode 38. As usual, please do comment on the podcast via our social channels or get in touch on info at ukrunchat.co.uk. In the meantime, have a great week, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you on the next episode. Welcome, Peter, and welcome, Stuart. Thanks for coming on to the UK Run Chat podcast. Happy to be here, Joe. It's an absolute pleasure, Joe. Thank you both. Thank you. Uh, Peter, I, believe, I, I was looking back through our... Um, archive of podcasts and i believe you're our first international guest so thank you very much for for coming on come on i'm shaking in my boots the first international guest don't put the pressure on me so let's take it easy <laughs> uh, brilliant well um stuart we've we've been on a, a couple of months ago haven't we, we so yeah. you're, you're you're a veteran now um yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine Peter shaking in his boots. It's not a notion I can imagine very easily, I've got to say. <laughs> a lot of inertia in this body, uh, a lot of inertia. Does it, does it shake that easy? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, for, for the benefit of our listeners, Peter, would you mind giving us a background in uh, what your background is, sorry, in helping runners and athletes generally and how your interest in running started? Okay, well, I went into general practice as a chiropractor April of 1980. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes me about 29 years old. Yeah. But April of 1980, I started a general practice as a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, basically taking care of runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, got involved with the Westchester Road Running Club and the New York Road Running Club. And just starting out, and I had this... Uh, uh, source of people coming to the office with little strains and back aches and stuff. Yeah. And then we started using a thing called the heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. And as it became more popular, uh, we saw the drawbacks of the heart rate monitor. So it became part of my life's work as a physics major to uh, see about improving that heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. And that led to seven patents on heart rate monitor technology. You know, strap around the chest, heart rate to the watch. Yeah. But done in a fashion that if me, you, and Stuart were together, I could receive mine, you could receive your heart rate, Stuart could receive this. It was called coded transmission. Before that, it was analog transmission. Mm -hmm. 
So that led from heart rate to the watch, the heart rate to the exercise equipment, to the heart rate now being accurate, controlling the exercise equipment, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, over time, uh, seven patents on it. And a lot of people using heart rate, we had a, a saying back then, let your heart be your coach. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people using heart rate to control their training until finally we decided that, yeah, you know how fast to go, but you don't know if you're going smooth or if you're shaking. And that led to the development of OptoGate into uh, the MicroGate system. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been the last 40 years. Control, controlling the intensity and then making sure once you're moving that you're moving correctly that that that's been the background mm -hmm. so so um how, how did you get involved in developing optigate and, and what is it i suppose for our listeners as well just to give them a, an overview so optigate i met a genius by the name of federico gori uh who's my brother slash partner and he had a system where he was measuring jumps and they very accurately could tell how well you would jump contact time, uh, flight time, power. They could uh, uh, mark it out so that you knew the position of each jump, dynamic control, something that you couldn't do on a slant board, uh, slant board on, a, on a stress pad. So I said to Federico, why don't we not just jump? Why don't we move? Why don't we run? Why don't we walk? And between the two of us, uh, OptoGate came about about the year 2010. And we got it validated uh, very quickly from uh, another fine researcher, Nikolai Muffaletti, uh, Schultz's Clinic in Zurich. Mm -hmm. And he did the validation work of uh, OptoGate. And once we were validated, it was off to the races that now we could give a validated gate report in less than a minute something that was taking hours before then, you know, uh, setting up your high-speed cameras, uh, calibrating the cameras, getting the calibrations right. Uh, by the time you did all that, it became crazy. And so all of a sudden we had an optical system that could, was portable that could give us a validated gate report in less than a minute. And then we added biofeedback to it. And once we added biofeedback, we had an analysis fit, uh, system and a fixed system all in one simple package and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. And Stuart, I know that you're, you're using the OptiGate system, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, I had the, um, the, the pleasure of going out to see Peter in his uh, New York um, center and watched how he uses it there. I'd heard a lot about it from the manufacturer of Barefoot Science because uh, he and Peter have... Um, a joint venture called For Your Gate, which is the use of OptiGate and the incorporation of barefoot science into that, or into those po protocols, I think, that Peter created. And so I saw those and thought, well, yeah, this is a great way to go forward. Unfortunately, the two days after I got back from New York, uh, we went straight into lockdown. So um, things got somewhat delayed, but I'm up and running with it now. I'm having a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. I'm going to going to call on Peter's expertise at some point in the near future I'm sure but um, I'm kind of learning as I go along and getting people coming in got a you know I had a really interesting one the other day as a guy training for the marathon who's tried I think three times to train for the marathon and then every single time has got injured mm -hmm. um, so finally 
and I've, I've been treating him on and off for nearly 30 years. Um, finally, we were able to nail down exactly what was going on and what was going wrong and start correcting it using this biofeedback system that Peter uh, was mentioning. Where basically mm -hmm. we can then correct him in real time just with some subtle cues and prompts and changes to his running style. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a bit of a eureka moment for him because he suddenly felt himself running better uh, instead of crucifying his calf muscles all the time. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's just one example. And I've, I've got a young lady coming in tomorrow who's a pro footballer who's um, we're doing some of that stuff with as well. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really exciting. Okay, so, so look, looking at the work with Optigate, and we, we spoke about barefoot science um, in our last podcast, didn't we, Stuart? But looking mm. at so Peter, looking at your work with Optigate and the and the inclusion of barefoot science as a as a corrective intervention, why does balance form such an important part of your of your matra along along with time and coordination? Well, think about it. If uh, say your car was out of balance, one tire was flat and one tire was good and you wanted to go on a little road trip, mm -hmm. you'd have a pretty rough ride, and that rough ride would make it very distressing, and God knows what else would uh, fall apart mm -hmm. from being out of balance. Mm -hmm. So when when you're standing still, and, and unfortunately, that's how a lot of people get checked, standing still, how well do they stand, shoulder height, and all that. Yeah. When you're standing still, it could totally change to when you put movement, mm -hmm. and when you put movement, you'll find that the people that have more balance, more proprioceptive ability, mm -hmm. but basically balance at the heart of movement, they can move more symmetrically. And that's the idea. The idea is not how do you compare to the people of that study over there. The idea is how does your left side compare to your right side? And what do I need to do to bring symmetry to that so that I can move more efficiently and whether it's walking, jogging or running. Mm -hmm. So the correction of movement in real time mm -hmm. usually falls back to how balanced they are. And then once you become more specific, how balanced are they in each position of the foot stride cycle? Mm -hmm. As you move, your, your heel hits the ground. Your toes are up, your heel hits the ground. That's dorsiflexion. You come down to a moment known as pronation. You come down to a moment known as supination. You come down to a moment known as plantar flexion, and then you push off with your toe. During those four phases, how well balanced are you? Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is be able to detect it and fix it before it manifests itself as some kind of inability or he's limping or the idea is to try to fix things, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, okay. before they're seen. The idea of being healthcare provider and trainer is to see when others are blind. By the time you could see the imbalance in the runner, mm -hmm. the runner has that imbalance. Well, if the imbalance started months ago as a little discrepancy between contact and flight time or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. let's fix it before it manifests itself into injury or inability. Mm 
-hmm. So the idea of OptoGate is to identify movement to the micro uh, with efficiency to the microsecond mm -hmm. to the millisecond um, so that little imbalances can be understood and corrected as needed. Mm -hmm. And how, and Stuart, how, how the inclusion of barefoot sciences with, within that, yeah. how, how, why, why is that important? So, so that the nerves, the nerve system that significantly controls all of those, reactions, those reflex responses within the foot is called proprioception. Mm -hmm. And we need to have that proprioceptive nerve system switched on, woken up, stimulated mm -hmm. through the foot gait cycle that Peter's just mentioned. And that's what barefoot science does. So almost regardless of the shoes you're wearing, and there's obviously huge debates about different types of shoes, yeah. uh, whether people heel strike or forefoot strike or midfoot strike, whether they have zero drop shoes or cushion shoes. There's a huge debate about that, but whichever shoes you wear, you need that proprioceptive stimulus happening from within them. Mm -hmm. So ground contact through the sole of the shoe into the foot. And that's what barefoot science does. It's, it's specifically designed to create the same stimulus that one would get walking or running on sand, for instance, where your foot carves into the ground and you get that contact mm -hmm. up in an area of the foot called the mid arch. So, right between the medial longitudinal arch which we're all familiar with we also have a, a lateral a, a longitudinal arch and a transverse arch mm -hmm. and this proprioceptive dome stimulator is a bit complicated and wordy but this bump on the top of the insole yeah fits into that point of the foot and wakes up those nerves every single stride or every single step mm -hmm. and the body can then respond to that it's a reflex response that happens from there on and that we know through the work that Peter has done and through using other types of technology called uh, surface electromyography, where you measure the um, activation of the muscles. We know that once people start wearing barefoot science, they start to regain or gain symmetry left side, right side, which, as Peter's explained, is, is the key to well-balanced movement. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's there's the connection. And I think that's what drew Peter to, to the use of barefoot science in, in your clinic, Peter. Am I right in saying? Uh, what we have to realize is that when you're running, your eyes are looking at it, looking ahead. Mm -hmm. What's reading the ground is your feet. So your feet read the ground. And then you take the next step and your foot reads the ground and you take the next step. So you want high efficiency in reading the ground. Mm -hmm. So there's a very simple test. Stand in a one-legged balanced position with your eyes open. Mm -hmm. So you're standing on one leg. Your opposite leg is brought, your knee is brought up to 90 degrees in front of you. Mm -hmm. Your hands are held up to the side of your shoulders. You're looking straight ahead, your eyes are open, and you balance on one leg. And most people could do that for one minute, two minutes. They could do that. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's do the same test. When you're ready, close your eyes. Mm -hmm. You should be the same person. All you did was drop an eyelid down. You didn't change anything else. And what you'll see for most people is they start shaking. Some people actually fall over in two, three, four seconds. Mm, yeah. they're, they're not transmitting properly. 
they don't have good proprioceptive ability. And that becomes detrimental to the runner because now as your proprioceptive ability is not as effective as it should, then it's taking you longer to read and understand the ground with each foot strike. If it takes you longer to read and understand the ground, you're going to increase your ground contact time. Mm -hmm. And all of running is just contact and flight, contact and flight. If I increase my ground contact time, it slows me down. So we've learned over the last 30, 40 years that a very good proprioceptive ability is to be able to stand on one leg with your eyes closed, stiff as an arrow for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. If you shake or move before the 30 seconds, that's a little bit of inefficiency that should be corrected. I came across a device known as Barefoot Science. Mm -hmm. I knew the whole idea. Take the runner, put him barefoot in sand, let him walk around for a year barefoot in sand, mm -hmm. and the sand will stimulate the mid-arch and help their proprioceptive ability. I knew all that. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you get that done? Most people, unless you have Stewart's kind of money, most people can't take a year off to walk barefoot in sand and say goodbye to everything else. So a guy by the name of Lance Todd who developed barefoot science, he says, here's my mid-arch proprioceptive stimulator. I said, you gotta be kidding me. It can't be that simple. So he gives me the thing and I start putting it on runners. And I never in my life saw the ability to stand on one leg with your eyes closed, improve so quickly mm -hmm. that I challenge anybody out there. You think you're a good runner? Okay, fine. You're comparing to others. Just because you're better than others, that doesn't make you good compared to yourself. If you want to know if you're good to yourself, first, check your balance. Second, check your proprioceptive ability. If you start shaking in your proprioceptive ability compared to your eyes open, mm -hmm. your eyes closed says that you're not as efficient, try the barefoot science. And I have never seen where it doesn't help. I'm totally amazed by it. Mm -hmm. Like this barefoot science. There's only one other. I carried barefoot science and a tiger tail rolling muscle massager. In my, it's the only two products we use mm -hmm. for all the people we see and we consult with, uh, I think they told me 30 countries around the world mm -hmm. on four different continents. Yeah. So there's a lot of following to this approach, but everybody should test themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they see the weakness, go ahead, try the barefoot science in your shoe. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, Joe. This, I'm going to be speaking about this at the National Running Show South in the uh, middle of September, yeah. 12th of September. Um, and I'm on the running skills stage talking both mornings. And this is exactly the, the basis of my talk is about the, benefit or the, the, the importance of balancing contact time and running efficiency. And the aim is I'm going to try and get people up on the stage, three or four people, and test their balance. Let's show, show people how important it is, how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier that young uh, well, that professional footballer, young woman who um, mm -hmm. came to see me. Now, before putting her on the Optigate system, I tested her balance and she was phenomenal. She was a minute with eyes closed mm -hmm. um, wow. on, in all positions until we put her on the slant board in what would be a, a loaded 
pronated position or it's called an everted position at the ankle so the foot's tilted inwards mm-hmm. and having been able to stand comfortably for a minute in all other positions she started to wobble very very quickly and came off the slant board at 16 seconds um then we put her in her trainers and did the same test and she lasted 11 seconds in that position mm-hmm. so we very quickly saw where her problem is and and it was creating for her it was creating uh, this instability in movement, which was resulting in Achilles tendon um, problems. Mm-hmm. Um, put her into the insoles, got her walking on the treadmill, went outside for a little walk around, retested her literally, I would say, 500 steps later. And she held that position and it, 45 seconds in, she opened her eyes and looked at me and said, this is unbelievable. And I said, yeah. And like Peter, you know, I've been doing what I do for 30 years so if Peter's 29 that makes me about 21 um you know it just blows my mind every time I see it because it's just such a a clear example of a before and after case of how proprioceptive stimulation changes things immediately and this is what barefoot science insoles do and that's why I got involved with them I've been doing this for years looked at lots of different products um and just thought yeah this is one that I'm prepared to put my name of my money to after doing this for such a long time because i can see it working and mm-hmm. i mean we played we played we played with this with you joe didn't we, <laughs> we did. Your yes. yeah mine was poor <laughs> <laughs> i'm up to, i'm up to level four on the insoles and i'm so good you know, i i have i've had six operations on my right knee peter and i'm uh the most recent one was a high tibial osteotomy and i've 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 struggled i've, I've definitely struggled and I'm back to a, a comfortable 15 miles a week, and I'm on, and I'm on level four. So I, I'm an advocate. I'm definitely an advocate. Well, you have to you have to remember, the ankle, the knee, the hip—they're called hinge joints. Mm-hmm. They flex, they extend. They flex, they extend. When you have a pronation weakness, like Stuart was just talking about, mm-hmm. and you have a collapse of the mid arch you're adding rotation to that knee joint. And that usually manifests itself early on as lateral knee pain. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, you go from lateral knee pain to hips that can externally rotate properly. Mm -hmm. The point that I'm making is why allow people to go through the movement cycle, not knowing they're weak in one of the phases Mm. in, in the store, in the uh, case that Stuart just gave, it was, pronation. Well, we know from tracking over the last five years that 83% of the athletes, if they have a weakness, they have a weakness in pronation. So wouldn't it be such a nice, simple test? A, to see if you have balance and why do we balance? Well, look how you run. You're on one leg and you jump to the next leg. So you're balancing on one leg in motion, and then you're balancing on the next leg, and then you're balancing on the next. We're walking, you're on one leg, but then you're on two legs, then you're on one leg, then you're on two legs. Mm -hmm. So a runner needs more balance than a walker because you don't have double support. You go from single support to single support to single support. Mm -hmm. So first, check to see if you have balance. Next. Now that you're moving, are you reading the ground properly? Well, do the next check. 
check to see that your balance can hold up under proprioceptive demand by closing your eyes. If you cannot hold up under the proprioceptive demand, then you need mid-arch stimulation. Borrow money from Stuart and go walk on an island somewhere barefoot for a year or for buy a simple pair of barefoot science and put it in your shoe and go through the program of mid-arch stimulation. Well, now that we have the mid-arch stimulation working, look at the different phases that your foot's going to go through. Dorsiflexion, pronation, supination, plantar flexion. Are you balancing strong in each phase? Or is there a moment of weakness that you don't know because you don't stay there long enough to realize it? But when we freeze frame you, either measuring you with the optogate or a simple slant board and putting you in different positions, you can't hold position. If you can't hold position at zero miles an hour, what makes you think you can hold position at five miles an hour? Fix the weakness. But to fix the weakness, you have to know that a weakness exists. And what Stuart just told us is through a very simple examination and study of balance, proprioception, and foot strike position, even before we got into technology, just that simple understanding can save many by knowing here's the weakness, here's how you fix the weakness, let's all help everybody be more efficient runners. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. It's just a nice approach. It's a nice approach. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to put it out there as a challenge, won't we, Stuart, to get yeah. actually doing it. Exactly. I mean, one of the, one of the one of the interesting things there. Peter talked about the angle, uh, the action of what's called supination, the foot rolling out. Now, I've been seeing runners, you know, for a long, long time, and and lots of runners go to a running shop and they get analysed. And they're told that they're overpronating, so they get sold a particular pair of trainers to correct overpronation. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's even worse, they might go and get a pair of orthotics or whatever it is. Now, I started to look differently at this, having sold orthotics previously. Uh, I kind of fell out of love with them because, I, for me, they weren't doing what I wanted them to do, which was to actually encourage the foot to resupinate. So I was seeing a lot of people pronating, but we need pronation. It's but we need it to be controlled pronation, mm-hmm. not a complete collapse. And what I realized then was that mostly these people were collapsing into pronation and staying there. They weren't coming back out of it into resupination for the push-off. So they weren't then using their foot correctly through that. So I started to look at that differently. And that's where I do a really simple test with people uh, before I got the Optigate, where I would test them just stepping through and see whether the foot resupinated. Um, and, it, and it often doesn't. Then we put the barefoot science insole underneath that foot and again, it was almost like magic. It didn't matter what was going on. If the foot was collapsing in and staying there and the shin was rotating the wrong way and the thigh was rotating the opposite way, barefoot science somehow corrects it. And you get the, the right sequence of movement through the foot, the shin, the thigh, up into the hip. And it controls all those rotations that Peter was talking about. So we get hinging on the hinging joints and rotating on the rotating joints. Um, right the way up the body, it, you know, it carries on up because if your hip's not rotating, then the, the rotation often gets thrown into the lumbar spine and the lumbar spine, the low back's not designed for rotation. So a lot of runners get low back pain, mm-hmm. but they get low back pain because they're rotating through their lumbar spine. And so again, it can track on up right the way up through the system. So getting that foot function right, getting that stimulus right, 
it's just like magic when you see that change. And uh, I don't know whether that's something you've played with, Peter, where you've actually seen that difference between the the the, you know, the fact that people do pronate. Obviously, we want them to pronate, but that they don't come back out of pronation. Is that something that you've you've seen or look? Used? Pronation, pronation is a normal movement of the foot that's necessary in the shock absorption phase. Yeah. We understand that. What Stuart said, and it's a hundred percent correct. It's not the pronation. It's the excess of pronation that causes the problem. And sometimes that's okay for certain defined events, such as the 100-meter dash. And I, I don't want to get into it because I got the data on certain people that are pretty good runners at it. Mm -hmm. um, where you want to, for that particular thing, keep them a little bit over pronated. But for the normal person, mm -hmm. you pronate and then you roll to supinate. And what happens is they don't come out of pronation. They stay down. Mm -hmm. It causes an excessive torsional change in the tibial shaft, the shin bone coming up your leg. Mm -hmm. It causes an inward rotation of the knee and it causes lateral knee pain in the earliest stages. So how do they fix it? They go out, they buy an orthotic, and I don't want to be totally down an orthotic because sometimes you have a person who has a serious muscle weakness that has to be dealt with, and you need that orthotic to push that foot into place. Mm -hmm. But for most healthy people, once we push the foot into place, the orthotic is doing the work. Now what's the chance that the muscle that's weak uh, tibialis anterior, whatever it might be, is going to reactivate itself. Well, it's going to go to sleep further because the orthotic is pushing the foot into place. There's yeah. no chance of fixing the, uh, the reason for the weakness in the first place. Mm -hmm. So what the barefoot science does, it helps to correct the problem, not by pushing it into place, but by stimulating the mid arch to lift the foot and over time re-strengthen the foot mm -hmm. so that the normal mechanical movements of the foot and how they affect the rest of the leg, leg and then the lower extremity can all be uh, more effective and more efficient. Mm -hmm. So what we need to understand is it's not just the movement, but sometimes it's the excessive movement yeah. in a given phase of running. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And all of that is very, like Stuart said, you go to Stuart's office and very simply he can say, strong, weak, need this. Need. But those little changes are, lot, are profound, life-changing changes, especially for the runner mm -hmm. who has decided, think about it, you're a runner. You are no longer complacent to walking around on the planet Earth where you lift your leg and say, oh, I lifted my leg. I'm going to put my foot back down and stand on both legs. And then I'm going to lift my leg again. That's not what the runner says. The runner says, I'm going to be on one leg. I'm not going to be mediocre and go back to two legs. I'm going to attempt to fly. So I'm going to lift my leg, stand on one. And I'm going to bound from one into the next one. And I'm going to give up double support. And by giving up double support, I'm going to make sure for that runner, now that they took that chance to go run, that they have good balance to do it 
and they have good proprioceptive to support it, mm-hmm. a good proprioceptive ability to support it. And the next step from running would obviously be flying, but we haven't figured that's barefoot science too. I think listeners are going to love that. They're going out on their next uh, runs and they're saying yeah, to themselves. That, that, that's barefoot science too. And we'll get those guys at Virgin Galactic to do something about that. That's barefoot that's not for this phone call. That's the yeah, next phone too. call. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to fly. They're going to love that. Yeah. Well, that's what running is. It running is. is man's attempt to fly. Yeah. It's as close as you come to flying consistently. Step by step. Here I bound. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll need special support compared to the average person because mm-hmm. now you're attempting to fly by calling yourself a runner. It's our job to make sure that now that they're taking the attempt to fly, we give them all the proper support needed to be effective and efficient at it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, all they're going to do for all their great efforts is to break down, end up with pain, and 30 years from now have a hip or a knee that says, I wish I never ran. I wish I was on a bicycle or I wish I did that. No, they need to run. They need to attempt to fly. Mm -hmm. But we need to support them. And balance and proprioception are the key ingredients for them. um, I'm interested in both your thoughts on this. There's been a massive publicity about forefoot and midfoot running and minimal shoes. What what are your views on this? (laughs) Um, All right, if you want me to... Do you want to go first? Everyone. Go ahead, Stuart, and I'll make the corrections after you. Thank you. Go ahead. (laughs) So, in my view, the simple answer is I've treated lots of runners who heel strike run and they wear cushioned shoes Mm -hmm. and they come in with an injury. I've also treated lots of runners who have gone over to minimal shoes and tried to run Mm -hmm. and tried to change their running style and have ended up with other injuries. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is that for some people, Minimal shoes will work if they, they've got a nice running style. If their musculature is ready and is fit and strong enough to cope with it, if they've got the proprioceptive stimulation, they'll cope with it. But for a lot of people, they won't. And I've seen more and more people who have gone over to minimal shoes get injured. I, I think even the manufacturers admit now that there's a minimum six-month transition period um, to get used to it. But some people are just not going to be suited to that. So if they're better and less likely to get injured and can perform well with with a a thicker soled shoe running with a heel strike, then crack on. Why not? Peter? What what do you think, Peter? All right. Now, listen to everything I say before you draw conclusions. Okay. Everybody, everybody should be a four-foot runner in a minimalist shoe. If they can, everybody, if they can, should be a four foot runner in a minimalist shoe. But show me where it's smart to have a person land on their forefoot. And instead of (coughs) loading on the forefoot, they now fall back to their heel because they can't stabilize on their forefoot. They're not They're not able, they're not at that level yet. Mm -hmm. So they land on their forefoot, they fall back to their heel, they rock back to their forefoot, 
and then they go into toe off and push off. If you're going to go backwards, I don't understand where going backwards for a runner is ever good. Hold on one sec. <clears throat> the idea is to land, load, and go forward. Mm-hmm. Spend less time in contact, a little bit more time in foot flat, and then most of your time in the propulsive phase. If you're going to land on your forefoot, fall back to your rear foot, to your heel, and then go back to your foot, you spend so much time, you added so much time to your contact that you might as well start at your heel. So the idea is, and you can measure this precisely in an OptoGate system, Mm -hmm. just go to Stewart's today and you'll know this answer immediately. When I land, how do I land? And what do I do after I land? You should never land more forward than you could go forward from. If you have to land and go backwards from where you landed, then you might as well back off and start more back on the foot until you gain the ability, the balance, the proprioceptive ability, the tendon work, the muscle work to be more four. But don't just call yourself a four-foot runner because it's the new thing or a minimalist shoot thing because it's the new thing. Correct your imbalances. Be what you need to be. There was a man that all of you are very familiar with the name, so that's why I can't say it. He probably at the time was the greatest runner in the world. And he was shifted to be more of a rear foot striker because he was landing a little bit forefoot then wasting time coming back and then going forward. Well, just make him start from back. And the next thing you know, he was getting gold medals and being declared the best runner in the world. Mm -hmm. So the point that I'm making is at every level, every level, you you land where you can go forward from. Mm -hmm. You don't land where you go backwards from. And that's the problem. People think, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. We all should strive for it. But that doesn't mean that's who we are today. Let's go to the moon. Well, that's a nice idea, Orville and Wilbur. But before we go to the moon, let's just get off the ground a little bit. And then let's go to the moon. And then let's build houses on the moon. It's impossible today. But that doesn't mean it's impossible tomorrow. Find out who you are today. Add the excellence of training and conditioning to it. And what was impossible today will become reality tomorrow through your enhanced training and your efficiency. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we all should be four-foot runners when we're ready and able to be a four-foot runner. So we use the OptoGate to measure where you land, what you do after you land, and we change your foot strike so that you land, load, and go forward, not land, load, and go backwards. That, that to me, nobody could argue that point. Mm-hmm. You have to land, load. The problem is most places can't measure it. And that's why we built 1,000 hertz ability into the OptoGate system. Mm-hmm. So to a millisecond of accuracy, you can understand the foot strike 
and say, I've had people come to the office with their foot, uh, forefoot striking on the left foot, rear foot striking on the right foot, and wondering why their knees and low back hurt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so get analyzed, get understood, and, and let's try to be efficient at the level we are. And once we're efficient at that level, then go to the next level and the next level. Mm -hmm. But don't try to go to the moon first. Yeah. Let's learn to fly first. Yeah. A, to a, a question to follow that then. How, how much improvement can realistically be made using just the barefoot science insoles then on their own as it in compared to in, in conjunction oh. with the with the system, with the Optigate? Hmm. How much improvement can a person have? Yeah, how much improvement? Here's what I... Yeah. Okay. You're not going to take me and turn me into the world's greatest runner, no matter what you do and no matter how much weight I lose. Mm -hmm. I'm beyond my time for that. But you are going to teach me to learn to grow younger with every step I take under Stewart's program of training effectively and training efficiency, learn to grow younger. So you can improve everyone. The body is plastic, meaning the body gets hurt, you cut it, it heals, and like magic, next week you don't even know that you cut the body. The body is plastic and it heals. The brain is neuroplastic. The brain gets hurt. The brain gets hurt, it gets healed, and you can train it. And it's better than it ever was. Mm -hmm. um, that's why there's another company, BrainHQ.com. Mm -hmm. It's the only company that's allowed to say we reduce the onset of dementia by 53% by using our platform. It's that powerful of a brain training. Mm -hmm. So you have a body that's plastic. You have a brain that's neuroplastic. And all it needs is proper conditioning. The younger the person... The more conditioning they can get, the more advancement they can have. As you go through this game known as life, where do you start? I started in my 10s, in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 60s. I started in my 90s. It's never too late to start. Now, will you heal and become a marathon runner? I don't think so. But depending on where you start putting proper stimulation, proper understanding, mm -hmm. effective trainings into the human body, and it's never too early to start and it's never too late to start. Both mind and body are plastic and they can be changed. And if we all listen to Joe's podcast and we adapt certain um, trainings and certain understandings, we can, we can look at the game of life and we can march through it. And with every step that we take, we can learn to grow younger by helping each other improve our balance and improve our brain speed. There's a big study out there that says at the age of 53, if a lady can balance better than another lady, she has a lower chance of dying. She's going to live longer. That's a major, major study. Mm -hmm. There's another study out there that says if you balance very well, I think they were talking about a minute on one leg with eyes open. Yeah. You could have a perfect MRI of your brain. And the guy did this big study out at the Kyoto University in Japan where they had you balance and then they took an MRI of your brain. 
And the better the balance, the better the MRI. So why don't we nourish the brain by balancing better? The fundamental component of all movement is balance and balance with proprioception. Enhance it at every level. How do you die? You die by laying down. You don't die standing up. Death is the ultimate loss of balance. And I don't want to get into all this philosophy right now, but death is the ultimate loss of balance. You lose your balance, you lose your balance, you lay down and you die. Well, why don't we make a point in life where we say, I'm tired of losing my balance. From this day on, I'm going to try to gain balance. And now as I gain balance, I actually taught a step towards youth instead of a step in the other direction. Same thing with brain speed. Go to Stuart's office, find out what your brain speed is. Your brain eventually slows and slows and gets demented and it dies. Well, instead of letting it slow down, why don't we enhance the brain speed and speed it up so that by the time I'm 60, I have a better brain speed at 70. I actually made my brain get better nourished. I took a decade to nourish it and let it learn to grow younger. So there is no limitation on the human body. What there's limitation on is reality that we have to compare and compete against others. Mm -hmm. So what we should do is compete against ourselves, and every day learn how to grow younger by applying certain fundamentals that are easy to do and have profound effective changes on the human body. Let's all learn to grow younger together and become better, able, and agile while we're doing it. What a wonderful way for us to, to wrap up, I think, Peter. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you both ever so much for joining us. Where can where can people learn more if you want to point our audience to websites and social media and that good stuff, please? Uh, well, in, in terms of the UK market, it's my website is all about balance. Mm-hmm. .co.uk that kind of the clue is in the title uh, we've got lots of videos on there showing how to do these balance tests um, showing some examples of uh, the use of Octagate uh, and so on and the inclusion of the insoles the Barefoot Science insoles so www.allaboutbalance.co.uk we've got uh, links from there onto our Instagram and our Twitter accounts and our uh, Facebook and, and all the other social stuff and the YouTube channel so absolutely have a look on there for runners um i'm going to shoot myself here but for runners we're running a we've got the run fest uh, event coming up in um a couple of weekends time there's a huge big running festival peter in um in the countryside and that's uh nice that's on the 27th 28th 29th of august down in uh, laverstoke park and um then we've got the National Running Show South in Farnborough in Hampshire on the 11th and 12th of September, where on both occasions I'm exhibiting. Got the insoles there. Going to be doing some talking at the Running Show South. Um, come along and see. Come along and have a go at the balance tests. I'll have a slant board there. I'll hopefully have the Optigate there at the Running Show. And um, we can put people through their paces and show them how it works. Stuart, when all this COVID stuff passes, and I feel sorry for everyone that's been affected by it, Yeah. but I, I kind of put myself in locked. I used to do about 300,000 miles a year in the air. Mm-hmm. And last year I didn't do any, and I haven't done any this year. 
but when this COVID stuff passes, Stuart, I, I'm going to look forward one day to being in London and uh, being at a running event with you and going through some stuff. And That'd be great. But Joe, Joe organizes these events, Peter. He's a, he's a race organizer. Yeah, well, then Joe could buy the fish and chips. That's but right. I was staying in London. <laughs> I went to a place. I don't even know where I was, but I'm sure you guys will help me. If I was like a market. And in that market was a guy who won the fish and chip award. And I said, how the hell can it be different? Than a... And I went in there. And by the time I finished my second order, um, it ruined me because now every other fish and chip is right. So if I'm coming over, then Joe's buying at that fish and chip place. We'll make sure, we'll make sure that we find it. <laughs> Well, I look forward to welcoming you, Peter. I mean, it'd be great yeah. to see you here. Oh, uh, uh, we could have some fun at an event, so mm-hmm. I, I I look forward to it. If anybody has any questions, I mean, come on, you got Stuart right there. Ask Stuart all the questions that you want. Stuart can always, uh, if he needs any uh, help, and he doesn't, he's a genius with it, but if he needs any help, he can contact us, and we're ho- happy to help anybody at any time. Brilliant. So you just let us know. Brilliant, thanks, Peter. And I'll um, make sure we include all links to Stuart and on uh, on all the show notes. So, Peter, okay. Stuart, thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been thank great. you, Joe. Thank you, Peter. Really good to talk. All right, it was a great time, guys. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay and you. Bye bye. Bye bye.